Hey guys, it's Danielle here, and you're listening to the Unbranded Lifestyle Podcast, the podcast for all things lifestyle, wellness, and business. So grab yourself a coffee, get comfortable, and join the conversation. We are here today with Ariana Fotonakis. She is a fitness trainer and she's also a triathlete. So she's going to have so many tips to give you guys in terms of uh, getting fit, getting motivated. And I'm just really excited to have Ariana here today because we literally met on social media and I love that she's so energetic and I'm in her Facebook group as well that talks about many things fitness and I really was inspired by how energetic and vibrant this community is that I just really want to interview her and I know she has a lot of wisdom to share with you guys today. So welcome Ariana. Thanks Danielle for having me. I'm stoked to be chatting with you today. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here today as well and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are because fitness is such a huge thing and I find that like it's something that we all go through at one point in our life in terms of either we're analyzing our bodies or we come from you know, a background of like, oh, you know, I just don't want to be in this position anymore. I loathe being in where I used to be or where I am currently. So I love hearing transformation stories. And I know you have a very amazing transformation story. So maybe you can give us a bit of a background because I know you told me a little bit about how in the past you used to just party and drink and then now you're a triathlete and you're actually prepping for that too. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background on your story? Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, um, I was quite the party animal. I was a very wild child um, <laughs> through my teens and early 20s. And um, I actually started drinking and experimenting with drugs at quite a young age. So I think I was 13 the first time I got drunk. Mm. And, you know, it's funny. I've in my later years, I've kind of tried to analyze how I got to that state. You know, sometimes you hear about people just falling into the wrong crowd or having childhood trauma and trying to numb themselves through that. And it's interesting because sometimes I kind of think that I was the wrong crowd that people <laughs> fell into me. And it wasn't until a couple of years after I had started all of the partying when I experienced um, certain cases of trauma that definitely contributed to more substance abuse in my later years. Hmm. But um, I would say, you know, there was a good chunk of 10 years of my life where I was drunk almost all the time. Like in high school, I was drinking at school. I was getting wasted on school nights, skipping school, um, like missing university classes, and really just treating my body like a piece of garbage. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that must be really hard on your body and then also like mentally too, right? I mean, how did you even study at that time? Or did you just basically, you're one of those people who didn't need to study and you just did well in school, even with the party life going on? Yeah, it was a little bit of a mix of both. Definitely in high school, um, it was really easy for me to just do the bare minimum to get by. Hmm. Um, in, I think it was grade 11, I ended up taking some extra classes through night school so I could graduate early. And then I decided, well, why don't I just not graduate early and I'll take like two classes a semester. So <laughs> I was pretty lazy in um, my grade 12 year. And I was a pretty high functioning alcoholic as well. Um, 
I would do my studying in university and then as soon as it was over, I'd go hit the bong or go get a six pack of beer or something like that and just, you know, drink and get wasted that night. Wow. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I think a lot of people can relate with that too, because everybody, most people that I know anyways, at one point in their life, they either threw their life away or they took it for granted or at some point, maybe they were also yeah, having the party life and not really caring about, uh, you know, how they, how they were doing in school or even how they were treating their bodies. But then there's always some sort of a transformational turning point. And so what was sort of your wake up call that where you just sort of gathered yourself and realized that, you know, you can't keep doing this anymore? So I was really fortunate in that I didn't have a typical rock bottom moment like a lot of people had. Mm. Um, I actually, I stopped doing the hard drugs um, quite a bit before I stopped drinking. I had a really um, bad experience one night and was really, really sick for quite a few days and I was kind of done with that, but still kept on with the drinking. Mm -hmm. And it was a couple of years where I knew I had a problem and I knew it was negatively impacting my life and this wasn't just a party animal phase. You know, alcoholism is something that runs in my family and I knew it was an issue, but it wasn't something I was ready to face yet. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, in 2012, um, a couple of days after my 23rd birthday, um, my boyfriend and I had gone to Australia for two weeks. And it was my first trip going away with his family. And I was so nervous during that time because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a complete drunk mess. I'm going to embarrass myself. And I managed to keep myself together. And when I came home from that trip, I was like, you know what? Maybe I've got a handle on this alcohol thing. Maybe I don't have as much of a problem as I think I do. And then I ended up blacking out five nights in a row. Wow. And yeah, and after the fifth night, I woke up and I don't really know what was different about that day compared to any of the other times that I'd woken up feeling like crap. But I just realized I was like, you know, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for your boyfriend to leave you? Are you waiting for you to destroy every relationship in your life? Are you waiting to hurt yourself or potentially even kill yourself? Like, what? what's that thing that you need to happen before you make those changes? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, so it was just kind of right then and there. I decided that I needed to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. And then I remember you were mentioning how you were – you didn't even recognize yourself anymore when you were looking into the mirror at one point, right? Yeah. You're just like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a small girl. I'm five foot one and a half and drinking, you know, a 12 case of beer every single night for like six, seven, eight years definitely takes its toll on your body. And I looked like I partied a lot. You know, I see it just in my stomach fat, it was super, super bloated. My face was puffy. My eyes were always puffy and tired and bloodshot. And mm. it was just, you know, I was a competitive athlete growing up. And when I looked in the mirror, I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's very realistic that you're sharing this because, you know, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, you have like, uh, you, grow, you grew up as an athlete and you were a competitive ath- athlete. So, I mean, stuff like this can happen to anyone. It's not like, you know, just because, you know, you had a very rough life in high school or whatever. But then, I mean, you were actually fit and active to begin with. And that's, yeah, that's almost very, 
it's very shocking too at the same time that you know that we have different people of different backgrounds but at the same time it's not just people who never worked out or people who were always on the couch but it can happen to even an athlete like yourself to fall into this position so I yeah I think that's that's very inspiring to hear that now I mean you've totally transformed to not just uh, someone who works out and does uh, triathletes and is a triathlete but you you're doing so many things out there now I think you also um I think I just recalled you mentioning that you actually support uh, as a soul girls, like an organization to support young girls as well. Yeah. So soul girls is a really amazing company. Um, my friend Ashley runs it and it's about empowering young girls. Um, so I think it's for girls between the ages of eight and 13 mm-hmm. and helps them learn to embrace physical activity into their lives because there's a very critical point where um, if you kind of lose that active part of yourself, it becomes more and more challenging to be active later in life. Mm-hmm. So I um, I try to help out and support however I can. Um, I don't plan on having kids, but if I had a little girl, she would totally be going into Soul Girls. <laughs> Aw, that's so cute. You touched a little bit on the motivational aspect of it too, which is like, you know, so motivation, I find, is something that I struggle with. Uh, you know, I can easily just be, I know today I feel like I woke up and I'm just totally not in the mood to exercise and not even that, but then like sometimes it's just like, you know, it's such a depressing day and I don't want to go out. And I think a lot of our listeners also struggle with that too. So what kind of a purpose or a something that you focus on or you think that our listeners can focus on if they go through a day where they just don't want to get a bed or they don't even want to think about exercising? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think the work for that needs to come before the day where you don't want to do anything because once that day's there, if you don't have that foundation in place, it's going to be really hard to um, find that purpose. So whenever I begin working with a new client um, or even just talking to people about their fitness goals, the first thing I always ask is, why is this important to you? So sometimes I get an answer like, oh, I want to feel more fit. I want to have more energy. I want to look better. And I start to call upon my inner child and I just keep asking why. Why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? And you begin to peel away those layers and you discover that it's not just about looking hot in a bathing suit or having more energy or feeling more fit, whatever that looks like to you. There are other deeper reasons and they're very, very different for everybody. But when you finally uncover that deep core why, that is a much more powerful motivator than wanting to look different or wanting to feel different. Because when push comes to shove, it's easy to be like, well, you know what, I want to look different, but I've made it so far looking the way I do now, so what's skipping this workout going to do? Right? Mm-hmm. So if you have that really powerful motivator, you can find ways to keep it at the top of your mind, whether it's in like the form of a vision board or you know journaling about what it is that you're working towards each day or even doing little things like putting sticky notes on mirrors or making a screensaver on your phone to remind you. Um, it just keeps you connected to why you're doing these things. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think that's a really good tip. Keeping yourself, um, just having a visual of some sort as a reminder. And I really like what you said about 
having the preparation behind it first, like the day before, so you don't set yourself up to have a day where you, the next day is the day that you feel like you're not going to want to work out, but then you prepare it beforehand so that you actually do have something to look forward to or however it is that people get ready. I mean, for myself, I think on the days that I actually sleep with my sportswear on, it actually helps a bit. Uh, I don't know how many other people do that, but I like to, if I'm really, really uh, excited for the next day to really get to the gym and I'm really putting myself in this position of being motivated and having no excuses, then I actually put on my gym wear and I, I sleep with it on. And that way, when I wake up, I know I have to go. That's awesome. It's a really good tactic. So do you have any advice for people who are, you know, or what would you tell someone who's very much into having a very set standard of what they want to look like and you know how can you coach them along that or like do they have to be very strict on how they eat or... yeah you know if it's if it's something that is specifically aesthetic related I would first want to find out why um, and again going back to that why what's that reason for wanting to look a specific way and I I don't judge people for training for aesthetic goals you know of course you know we all want to look good we all want to feel confident in our bodies um, but if we're trying to look a certain way to feel more worthy or to feel like we will be more accepted or to feel like we'll finally love ourselves when we can look a certain way um, that does raise a little bit of a red flag for me when I'm starting to work with somebody because until you work on the inner stuff and start to break through those thoughts and belief patterns about how your appearance is tied to your worth, it doesn't matter what you look like. You're not going to be happy in your skin. You know, having that six pack doesn't suddenly make you love yourself. Even when I was super, super lean and a lot lighter than I am now, I was not like I didn't love my body. I would always find things to pick at and criticize. Whereas now I'm heavier and I've got more muscle and there's stretch marks and cellulite and all that kind of stuff, but I really do love what I look like. That being said, you know, if somebody wants to train for like a bikini competition for, you know, just for the challenge of it, or they are confident in their body's abilities and their appearance, but they still want to take it to the next level and become that super, super, um, have that super fit body. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it's really a combination between quite a few things. Um, and that would be your training. So making sure that you're getting the strength training in, um, incorporating different types of cardio, like some longer, slower cardio, as well as some high intensity interval training. Um, but nutrition is really going to be key. So, Focusing on whole, unprocessed foods, um, figuring out does your body tolerate carbs, and if so, um, you know, finding out that optimal amount to consume, and if maybe you're a little bit more sensitive to carbs, finding out um, how much you can have without um, negatively impacting your body composition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of diet and nutrition, have you ever had people ask you, like, how do I even cut sugar out of my diet, and do you yourself eat sugar or do you actually cut it completely um, out of your diet? I do eat sugar. I love donuts. I love I love, <laughs> I love sugar. <laughs> um, but I also do know the impact that it has on my body. And, you know, I start to break out a lot more. I get really lethargic when I have too much sugar. So um, I do go through phases where I will completely cut it out of my diet. And for me personally, I find it's easier to just cut it all out. 
Um, but again, I take a very individual approach with my clients and some of them do really well with just gradually cutting stuff out. Whereas others, they do really well with that. Nope, no sugar. I'm going to go hardcore for the next like two weeks or something like that. Um, but yeah, it really does depend mm -hmm. on you and your individual personality. Mm, yeah. I mean, like some people, they have good self-control. So it's like, like you, if you have a donut, I mean, you're not gonna eat like the whole box probably, <laughs> or um, eat a few boxes of uh, Timbits or something. But, but it's true. Like some people, if they have one, I mean, just like how you know you were talking about with drinking. Like if somebody probably has the same um, sort of an addiction to donuts or sweets or uh, carbs, then I think they would probably be more conscious of that. And yeah, I like that you take an individual approach with each client. And also, you know, speaking of health and wellness industry and all that, do you know if there is anything that you see right now that's sort of missing in the health and fitness industry that you would, that you think a lot of women can benefit from if it was present? Or even if, you know, how do you fill the gaps in that if you already are doing yeah, something like so that? So fortunately, I'm starting to see a lot more um, focus on the mindset side of things and how you speak to yourself and basically your relationship with yourself. Um, and that's something that I've really always tried to emphasize in working with my clients is that, um, you know, it's not just about what we look like. It's not just about the foods that we eat or the exercises that we do. It's about how we speak to ourselves when nobody else is around. And um, when you really do work at loving yourself from the inside out, all of those other results and things that you're working towards, they will come. Maybe not overnight because most things don't. Um, but yeah, I'm starting mm -hmm. to see a lot more focus on the mindset side of things, which I really like. Um, this time of year, I absolutely despise because there's so much talk about bikini bodies and, you know, lose weight fast, mm. get this bikini ready body workout plan kind of thing. And I just, it makes me cringe, but, um, yeah, I'm really just helping to try to shift the conversation more towards not so much what our bodies look like, but what our bodies can do and how we feel inside our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. How do you feel inside your bodies versus like, what do you, you know, I mean, there are people probably who achieved their goal of their goal weight or their, uh, you know, just how they want to look in a bikini body, like in a bikini and like they, they may not be that happy with themselves, even if they achieve the aesthetic goal. Like I realized it is like, I don't know, just recently even hearing from a wellness event that it's true like what you were saying that a lot of people are looking more into the mindset of things and digging more into you know the mental health behind it and I find that even for myself at, I was at one point you know quite skinny and I wasn't happy with myself and then to the point where I wanted to get bigger so I started weight training and then even though I you know got a bit of muscle and I was looking leaner and I had the, mus the muscles that I wanted because it's it's a really weird fluctuating thing where I went from like I don't want to be skinny anymore I just want to be bigger and then being bigger I wasn't happy because then it's like you know what's going on inside my head it's like I realized that you know 
with every state that I was in, each state, whether I was too skinny or like so-called too muscular, I always had to deal with someone's like some external voice telling me that you know oh look she has you know she better not work out so hard she might get too muscular and then like oh look at her she's like so skinny like she you know her calves are so skinny she probably barely even like eats or anything like you know like I think at every stage women deal with something and I find that yeah if you don't diagnose it to the root like how you were talking about that then it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, in terms of your physical body. Yeah. So I think that's really enriching how you would walk your clients through that. And also, uh, yeah, just being a good reminder of where, what, you know, what they're going for, like what the purpose is. So I have one bonus question for you. And this is, it's like a wild card, um, but you can answer it however you want because I really want to know, you know, because you're in the health and fitness industry, what does health and freedom mean to you? Like it can be personal to you and however you define health and freedom. Go Ariana. And I think they're kind of, interrelated but maybe a little bit different as well um and for me health is about i guess feeling free actually about being able to do the different activities that i want to do about being able to go out and enjoy myself and eat donuts and not stress out about it and know that i can have a green smoothie later not because i need to balance it out but just because it's what my body will want Um, it's Mm -hmm. not simply just an absence of disease. It's feeling good and feeling happy and healthy and confident in my skin and my body and the freedom. When I think about that, I think about freedom from worrying about what others are thinking of me, worrying about making the wrong decisions, worrying about becoming who I used to be and really just, um, trusting in myself right now and knowing what direction I need to go in. Awesome. No, I really like that. Yeah. Trusting in the direction that you're going in and how you interpret freedom is, is really uh, refreshing, like just to not worry about what people think. And I think that's a lot of other people's, most people who, um, yeah, who are working out or they're thinking about their bodies. That's one of the biggest things. It's always about you know, what is that person there thinking of me while I'm at the gym using this piece of equipment? Like, are they looking at me? I, I, I think for most girls, like they tell me that too. It's like, they're like, uh, it's so hard to work out in the co-ed area because there's guys and then you feel like oh, people are judging you. But, really I mean, quick story about yeah. that. Um, so I'm always mm-hmm. firm in my belief that everybody at the gym is just so into themselves and what they're doing that they are attention to anybody Mm -hmm. else and back in October I dislocated my shoulder while I was working out at the gym and I was doing an overhead press with a kettlebell and then my shoulder just popped out while the kettlebell was overhead and I like dropped the kettlebell made a big scene I like yelled nobody turned and looked at me (laughs) so (laughs) nobody is paying attention to anything that's going on around them they're just focused on themselves and I always feel like if somebody if somebody does stare at you and judges you while you're doing something, which the chances of that happening are unlikely, but if it does happen, like what does that say about that person? I think it's a lot more about them mm. than it does about you. Yeah, totally. And 
after a while, I realized that, you know, when I first started, yeah, I had those feelings too. I was like, oh, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I think people are looking at me. But then after a while, I'm like, hey, it's actually not so bad because then you get more focused on your own workouts. You get more confident and you don't, you don't, you don't spend your time at the gym looking around or thinking about what other people are thinking anymore because you got to focus on your own workout. And yeah. So I think it, it's just, it's a very common fear. And I find that, you know, going back to it and just really being there and not thinking about it, overthinking it really helps. So I love that you, you have a community on Facebook and I love that you are very inspiring to a lot of women out there. So that is why for our listeners, I want to let you guys know that Ariana also has her Facebook community called the Daily Sweat Tribe. I totally encourage you guys to go check it out and uh, see if there's any resources in there that can help you. She's also doing a challenge that's coming up soon for anyone who wants to get motivated and get back into fitness. And maybe you can give a little bit of information about that. Yeah, for sure. So um, the challenge will run from July 10th to 14th. It's a free five-day challenge. And it's really about getting confident in your body for this summer. And not just in your body's appearance, but in your body's capabilities. So being able to go and tackle the gross grind or maybe trying to stand on a stand-up paddleboard for the first time and letting go of those notions that your worth is tied to what you look like. So you'll get an email every day for five days, which will have a really quick body weight workout you can do anywhere without any equipment in just 10 minutes. Um, It'll have a journal prompt or even just something to think about if you're not into journaling. And then, um, of course, there's the support and the accountability from the community. And I think that's the really powerful part of the challenge. So, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Totally free. Um, We usually get a ton of women doing it, and they're lots of fun. So I'd love to have you in it. Awesome. Yes. So check it out on Facebook, guys, Uh, the Daily Sweat Tribe. This group is only for women right? Yes, this one's only for women. Um, If you want to reach out to Ariana, I'm sure uh, she'll be happy to speak to you on Facebook or um, just, yeah, chat her up if you have any personal needs or want some sort of coaching on where you're at with your fitness journey right now. So thank you, um, Ariana, so much for being on this podcast episode. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all the wisdom that you've shared. And yeah, it's just really good to see fitness from a different point of view and um, also because you know in the media we're so bombarded with so many different messages today so thank you ariana and thank you all to our listeners out there for listening and once again totally check out ariana's facebook page and you will see that you know she updates with tons of great stuff about food and fitness and the things that she does on a daily basis and you'll be so inspired to get ready to start your own health journey so thank you guys so much Thank you.